0: Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, JesusLovesTheWorld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Today we continue our series titled Close Encounters and come to what is the consumption of the character, will, and mission of God through the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the unveiling or disclosure of who Jesus is, what he's done and will do. It came directly from Jesus and is all about Jesus. This is high drama, the ultimate climax of apocalyptic proportions. It is not the imaginations of humanity It is the perfect truth and enlightenment of the living God. As God's word is eternal, it is about what had taken place before the time of writing, during the time of writing, and after the time of writing. It is about the past, the present, and the future, all of which is in the hands of the Eternal One, the Lord of Destiny. We will look at the one like the Son of Man from the perspective of the Apostle John as he writes the book of the revelation of Jesus. Once we receive him, we are identified with him, one with him, a disciple of Jesus. As a result, we are part of a wider community of fellow believers all over the world. John identifies himself as the one with fellow believers. He is their brother and companion. He was part of a believing community with whom he shared both the life of the kingdom and the associated hostility of living in a world opposed to our risen Lord. Let us read from the book of the Revelation of Jesus, chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, Write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. To Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Theatra, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Here we have the three key players in this true life drama. God, the writer John, and the recipients of the letter. The seven churches. These real churches not only represent the church at the time of writing, but also the church throughout the ages. Each one has different aspects that Jesus reveals, however they are not our focus. Today we look to the presence of the Eternal One, the voice who as of a trumpet declared, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the First and the Last. Revelation chapter 1, verse 12 to 19. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with the garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. John uses very descriptive and precise words. One like the Son of Man. These exact words were used by the prophet Daniel when he described his vision of a human figure of ancient Israel's hoped-for Messiah. John describes the one like the Son of Man as being clothed with a garment that reaches down to the ground girded about the chest with a golden band. How majestic yet so simple. This is very reminiscent of the long garments and girded chest of the high priest. What a contrast to the Jesus of the cross. As the great high priest, he was stripped naked and became the sacrifice for all. Looking through John's eyes, seven aspects of the one like the Son of Man are revealed. His hair, eyes, feet, voice, right hand and face. All are very significant and so rich in symbolism. Seven representing wholeness, completion, rest and holiness. Let's look at each one and receive a greater revelation of Jesus. The first aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his hair. His hair was as white like wool, as white as snow, once again reminiscent of Daniel's vision of heaven and his throne and of God, the Ancient of Days. The purity of both God the Father, the Ancient of Days and God the Son, the One like the Son of Man. What a contrast to the dirty, scarlet sins of humanity. One like the Son of Man is truly divine. His absolute purity for all to see. The divine clothed himself with the guilt and shame of humanity to pay the cost so that we could receive and believe, to be clothed in his glory of white garments of innocence and honour. The second aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his eyes. Eyes like a flame of fire passionate, powerful, his presence. This is reminiscent of the fire of God's presence that was with ancient Israel in their wilderness wanderings. We are also reminded of the Apostle Paul when he refers to the fire of God that reveals the works of all believers. The fire that assesses or tests the works of each believer whether they are of the flesh or of the spirit. The one like the Son of Man looks into the hearts of humanity with eyes like a fire. To those who receive him, they see his passion, power and presence. And as a result, they are free from judgment and enter into eternal life. To those who reject him, They see his passion, power and presence, and as a result, they come under judgment and enter into eternal death. The third aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his feet. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. Interestingly, brass is a man-made metal made from two metals melted down under intense and extreme heat. The one like the Son of Man, is sturdy and refined as in a furnace, a furnace of the hottest fire. When Jesus walked the earth as a man, he was without sin. Yet he took on the form of humanity. He committed no sin. He was of the incorruptible seed of God the divine that subjected himself to the sufferings of humanity at the hands of humanity. He was rejected and executed by the very ones he came to save. The fourth aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his voice, the sound of many waters. How awesome that sound flowing waters of such vast proportions. The voice of life and refreshing power and authority. This is reminiscent of the vision of God and his glorious throne that Ezekiel saw, linking the voice with the one like the Son of Man. How marvellous and majestic is John's revelation of Jesus the voice that declared light into existence. In him and by his words, all things were created. Once again, when Jesus walked the earth as a man, he declared his sheep would know his voice and he would lead them. He would lead them by his voice and his spirit. Through his shed blood, we can come to the throne of God and freely drink his living waters. Hear his voice and follow him. Jesus also said that his living waters will flow out of the heart of every believer who receives him. The voice of the sound of many waters says, Come, all who are thirsty and freely drink from him. The fifth aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his right hand. In his right hand, his nail-pierced hand, his right hand symbolizes power and authority. In his right hand are the seven stars which are the messengers or witnesses represented as angels of him. They are in his place of power and authority where God's will is done. Jesus surrendered his absolute power to that of his Father's will so that we could be empowered to surrender our desire for power and control to that of the Father's will and receive and live in his victory of surrender. The sixth aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his mouth. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. In many ways, the mouth is most significant. In Isaiah, the mouth of God's servant has been made like a sharpened sword, a two-edged sword. It's a perfect witness, two being a perfect witness that divides and unites. The Hebrew writer puts it this way in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 16. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, Those who have received him can boldly come to the throne of grace as Jesus is our great high priest and also our sacrifice. He made a way that we could receive and believe that we are clean. We are set free, we're no longer under condemnation or shame and we can know we are exonerated and honoured by the living God. The word of God has spoken. It is so. Jesus speaks both salvation and judgment. Salvation to all who receive him and judgment to all who reject him as they have rejected the only pathway to salvation. The seventh aspect of the one like the Son of Man is his face. His countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. John must have recalled that time on the mountain. He was there with Jesus and James and Peter. When they witnessed Jesus being transfigured before them, his face was shining like the sun how much more glorious he must have appeared in his resurrected state right before John's very eyes. This is imagery that most likely anticipates the summation of all things where there is no longer a need for light because of God's presence and Christ. They are the light. The glorified Son of Man was truly the glorified Son of God. What an incredible sight of majesty and splendour. Jesus, the one like the Son of Man, revealed himself in such a powerful, intimate way. At a time of persecution, when the forces of darkness were seemingly closing in and they were looking like that they were winning, Jesus breaks through. Let us continue with the eyewitness account of John and his response to this glorious, majestic appearance of the written Christ. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17-19 to 19. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. Jesus said, Do not be afraid. How can our fears be released? Jesus testifies, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. By his word, by his truth, we can be released of all fears. By a revelation of his perfect love, that he did all this, he suffered so that we could be set free, because he so loves. And one of the greatest fears gripping humanity is death. Through the death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, he defeated death, and he now holds the keys for eternal destiny, to death and Hades. Simply put, choose Jesus and you choose life and heaven. Reject Jesus and you choose death and Hades. Jesus holds the keys. He is not only victorious, but he determines our final destiny. The one like the Son of Man stands as the true high priest, the heavenly one. Christ Jesus himself. He stands in the midst of persecution, bringing victory, passion, light and life to all who are willing. Who do you say Jesus is? For more information and free resources, visit our website jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.